0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the latest episode of Forward Thinking, we've got Chrissy and Charlie here. So today we're going to dig into ABM Analytics and really how to really think about ABM Analytics, what are the big pieces that you need to implement and set up to be able to report properly on how your ABM is working or not working, and just really how to get started with everything in the world of ABM Analytics.
1: Yeah, Um, So let's just go straight into it um, for this one. So at at a base level on your accounts, um, the first place to start is to think about how you track your account funnel. And um, we suggest doing that through stages. And so this would be a field on the account. Um, It could simply be called account stage. And you would define what those stages are. So for kind of a typical SaaS model, you would see something very similar to what you might find in a traditional lead funnel, but this would be on the account. And you would use some insights on the account or the leads or and contacts under the account or match to the account to help you define what that stage is. So, so
0: what would all the stages be on the account then?
1: Yeah. So from the very beginning, I think the first one would be inactive. So these are accounts that haven't shown any activity in a certain amount of time. So for um, for some of that, you could define what that might be. It might be like a typical sales cycle or like half of that. Um, then the second would be engaged. And so if a key part of that would be tracking your sales and marketing engagements. There are tools that you can help you do that or you can do, simply do a tracking system in your CRM to just like score for those engagements. And so that's based on activities or campaign responses. Um, there's a lot of ways you can get those details based on whatever tools you're using. But af- out of all of that, um, any account that has shown engagement in X amount of days will th- now be marked as engaged. Um, the next one uh, so, is an MQA, um, and this is where you can set a threshold of when an account should really be followed up by sales, or is showing enough activity where sales should follow up. And so usually this takes the same tracking of that, those sales and marketing engagements and then defining a threshold. Um, for when they should be tracked as an MQA um, and you can do this through various tools as well but this might be looking at also past analytics so looking at your um, accounts with opportunities and seeing what are a typical amount of sales and marketing engagements um, or the scores that um, you see across the board and this will help you define a great threshold for that.
0: Yeah and it's kind of similar to how you would set up a MQL yeah. threshold right like trying to Really think about what is going to be, what is that type of activity or amount of activity that's going to really convert at a high rate if you send it to sales?
1: Yeah. And an account score can really help with this. And even tools like Lean Data can help you aggregate all of those scores across the leads um, and contacts for that account to roll up into one account score, which is really useful. And then across the board, like for the rest of them is really just how you would track your accounts through their sales cycle. So typically you see like a qualified and that means there's been a meeting or like a demo um, or early stage opportunity at the account that's open. And then opportunity, which means there's actually a pipeline opportunity that's open and that's for new business. And then customer. So if there's a closed one and they're currently an active customer, you'd want to track that. And then the last one, which is kind of what you would see on a lead funnel as well. But I think there's also should be cases where you can disqualify out an account because through learning, um, the company may also change their go-to-market strategy, but there might be accounts existing that you find this will never be a fit for us. We go into a sales cycle and you find out that it's just fundamentally you know, not a great fit, and you can actually, you know, track why they disqualified that account. So potentially, if things do change and it is a good fit in the future, you add on a new feature or something, then you could actually reactivate those accounts.
0: And one of the um, one of the good things about the, an account funnel is that you can actually build it 100% automated, right? Yeah. I mean, you can do the same for a lead funnel, but a lot of t- sometimes you are reliant on like. Cells to change a status here and there right. but in an the account funnel you should be trying to aim to not need, require any manual input to move through the stages so obviously engaged you're looking at touch points across leads and contacts um mql is you know some kind of formula to try and figure out based on those touch points which ones move forward and obviously that can be automated but then even the following stages like the qualified is there you know maybe a stage zero op or like have they booked a meeting etc you know roll up that information onto the account then use that field to then determine where their account stage is so a lot of this can be like 100% automated so your reporting is just being built in real time and you're not you don't have any of the downsides of relying on sales especially if they're already having to update stuff on leads and contacts and then you're like okay well now you could also update something on the account it's just not going to work
1: yeah totally and A lot of the ABM kind of platforms out there actually have systems where you can Mm -hmm. put in all these rules and it'll actually automate your stages for you. Um, So just something to know uh, where if you are using those tools, um, this would be, you know, a great fit to, to, you know, define these and then put in the automation to set them.
0: All right. So what's next?
1: Yeah. So and when everyone thinks of ABM, they usually think about target accounts. So not just accounts in general, but usually you work with your sales team to define a set of accounts that you're going to focus on or go after in a certain time frame. And so target account tracking is super important. Um, it can be really simple, but um, just wanted to note a few things to keep in mind. So You know, usually it's as simple as like a checkbox on the account to show who's a target account versus who's not. Um, And then... Tracking the date it was selected, I think is super important. This is something that we see get missed, but can be really useful. And you can even track this through like a custom object. If you want to see people going in and out of a target account, or, um, you know, if you have tiered accounts where it's a top 10 or a top 30, um, you want to get insights into when they were selected and when they're not, especially when you let salespeople do this. So you can see um, kind of the cycle of of accounts so you're not always choosing the same accounts over and over mm-hmm. um and then also tracking the number of days as a target account similar to like an open lead where you have slas i do think that target accounts should have slas as well if you have a target account who's a target account for like a year or two it probably means that you might want to cycle it out especially if they're not showing in act you know if they're just inactive um, and so, tracking the number of days the target count is important.
0: Yeah. And on that, um, one of the things that was implied, but we probably should be a bit more explicit on it on the account funnel is having date stamps there too. Yeah. Obviously, entry into all of those different stages. So, a date stamp for engaged and M- date stamp for MQA, et cetera, all the way through. And you can use the combination of those date stamps and the date last selected. And the number of days of target account to really help you determine if you do have exit criteria for target accounts.
1: Yeah, totally. And that's something I think is super useful as a lot of people are really confused. When should I not make someone, when should I unselect basically a target account? And then lastly, uh, there's different ways to track uh, tiers of target accounts. Sometimes you have like top 10 that you're going after or even top 30. But one key thing to know about target accounts is target accounts should not be your total addressable market. Target accounts should really be the accounts that a salesperson can go after in a certain time frame. And yes, they can select their top accounts, but really be mindful of like choosing everything as a target isn't really useful. <laughs> kind not of a target, right? <laughs> not a target anymore. That's just your whole kind of universe. So there is the concept of a named account, so ones that you know should you know should be sales's world to go select from, um, versus the target account. In this case, target account. Make sure to keep it. On the um, in the low side, um, just so that they're manageable,
0: and that's why having tiered accounts is useful, right? Because you can have less tier ones versus tier threes, and you, you treat them differently um, in, in both from your sales motions and, and your marketing programs. Definitely. And then for the the tracking side, one of the key reasons why to have that checkbox or any field that designates the the tier or, or whether they're a target account or not is just you're going to end up basing a lot of automation and segmentations off that, both in your marketing automation platform and in your CRM. Um, it's you know If you don't know and you're not able to report on or use that flag, then it, you're running blind. So you've got to have that set up. That's just like a, a prerequisite for doing ABM.
1: Totally. And being able to also, if you manage leads, being able to track that on the lead side is super useful as well. You can do this like ad hoc, you know, using domains or some type of matching algorithm, or you can use tools like Data or Engageo that actually do the matching for you. Yep. Um, So once you have those two structures in place, you can have a lot of cool reports that you can run. You can actually look at your account funnel against your target accounts, where across your account funnel do your target accounts live, or even for MQAs that aren't target accounts, that's a good signal for a salesperson that maybe we should elect those in as a target account. Or you can even compare conversion rates against your target accounts versus non-target accounts through that funnel to maybe see, is our target account selection good? Or is it is it not?
0: And even compare conversion rates within your target accounts, right? Like if you have multiple um verticals that you're going after within your target accounts you can look at the conversion rates through that and just be continually looking at the data and refining that account model right there are tools out there that can use predictive analytics to be able to help you understand you know who should be w- within your target accounts and they're great but also there's nothing better than your own data that you're seeing okay what is actually moving through the funnel yeah. what are the different segments of these target accounts that are actually moving um, you know converting at a high rate going through the funnel at a high velocity that you're going to be able to get all of this reporting through the account funnel setup that you've done already.
1: Totally. All right third thing account white space this is uh we don't really need to spend too much on this but the key thing here is it's great to kind of define that the key personas you want to go after an account and then track the people that fall into that persona and then looking across your account you can track how many contacts match to those personas. And then you can see which personas are maybe missing a contact. This is key because across your accounts, you kind of want to make sure you have the right people at those accounts. And this is helpful for a sales team or a salesperson where they can actually go and um, target those key personas or go and find them. Um, marketing can help them do that with the data, but I often find that it's it's great too when the salespeople go and find that because they can use tools like LinkedIn to actually verify um where with other tools it's the verifications may a bit lower um and, and- oh I was just
0: going to say and one one thing to be very conscious of is if we are building out like one of the one of the big problems we find with ABM is once you do start building out all of your personas across the accounts so they end up they end up getting picked up Provide just random marketing campaigns yeah. maybe when they shouldn't and they're not opted in, they're not engaged, et cetera. And you're you end up seeing a pretty low um, engagement rate if, if you do that. So having an actual really coordinated plan on how you're going to address this, this new, these new people in your database and not just allowing them to just like kind of funnel into random, random acts of marketing. So as you do add those personas, make sure you are, you know, adding the right opt-in status or suppressing them from marketing or doing whatever it takes to make sure they're segmented out of what they shouldn't be really involved in from a marketing point of view. They should really just be for sales to do hyper-targeted outreach.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And say the fourth one is really around engagement. So like I just talked about where you can actually track sales and marketing engagements, it's nice to kind of track that across your accounts and really get insight into what accounts have sales or marketing activity? What percentage is kind of split out between the two? I don't like fighting against teams, but it's just nice to see like you're having enough balance to that. Balance is key here. You want to make sure that marketing is touching those accounts when they can and, and sales is as well. Um, and... <clears throat> There are tools, obviously, that can help you do the aggregate or define a difference between a sales and marketing activity too. Um, But the alternative to this is if you do track activity on the account engagement, you can see which accounts don't have any. And so for a salesperson, this is really useful, like the inactives, or maybe they look at their accounts they are going after and they can see which ones, you know, aren't active at all, it gives them some level of priority of who they should go after or who they should reach out to. And the last one. So this can kind of go beyond like for a while, What based on what your campaign structure is. We we did a past podcast um, with Chanel Narayan, who um, ran the ABM programs at EverString. It's now part of Zoom Info, but we really talked about um, kind of ABM plays and we broke down how they set up their ABM plays. And this is really just your campaigns for, for ABM. And as you know, you know, campaigns usually don't work in a silo. There's a lot of different touch points that fall underneath that play from marketing to sales and being able to track all of that across as across like one ABM play itself, one kind of parent campaign is super useful because you're seeing how did that whole play um, influence our pipeline? And so the two metrics there that's good to look at is pipeline influenced and then pipeline closed. So you can track that whole play and see how effective it was for driving pipeline against your target accounts or your your accounts um, in general and also what revenue you're getting um, as well. So um, this is one thing to note just from a campaign structure, it's really nice to kind of have an overarching um, kind of play that you're tracking, especially when you have an ABM strategy and be able to tie that influence um, back. And I'd down. go
0: one step further on influence and say, <clears throat> um, yeah, influence is part of it, but then looking at actual pipeline, generated yeah um you know because influence you don't want to you don't want to just acclaim claim influence when maybe it hasn't but like abm because it's because you're trying a lot of the times you're trying to off create something from nothing right like you're tr- you've had this targeted play at this account and it, it it is holistic and it does include lots of different aspects that you know there wasn't an opportunity there before and then you run this play into that account or multiple accounts and you create multiple opportunities you have a good um you know you have a you should be able to say that you really generated that opportunity not just influenced it right so there's terminology that i think is important especially when you're trying to really you know prove and improve the the ab or abm programs
1: yeah definitely um so that was our kind of ABM analytic structure. This is a starting point, right? So there's a lot that you can do behind that. But once you have these kind of this base set and this like foundation, you can then start generating some great dashboards to give the both sales and marketing um, key insights into what's going on across your ABM strategy. Um, so hopefully that was useful for everyone. Uh, we went through that quickly, but I think all of you could probably take away, um, some great to dos of where you can get started. So, um, hope you enjoyed that and, um, yeah, so we'll see you next time on an episode of forward thinking, have a good one.